Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As you're turning to Matthew 6, we're continuing our series on heaven on earth. Jesus, when he introduces uh, the disciples to prayer, they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us to pray. Not teach us to preach, not teach us to heal, not teach us to walk on water. Teach us to pray. Because the disciples understood that the key to doing all the things Jesus did was a relationship with God. And so what they, Jesus asked them for is, or what they asked Jesus for is to teach him to pray. And so Jesus shows us the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, we, we did a whole series on this a while back on the Lord's Prayer called LDP, Life Development Plan. Because I believe that the Lord's Prayer is not just a form of praying, but it's literally a guideline for living. That if you want to live successful, this gives you a pattern by which to live your life. And we, we went over this. If you haven't heard the first three messages in this series, check out the podcast to get yourself caught up. But stand to your feet as we read in verse 9 of chapter 6 of the book of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this, In this manner, therefore, pray. Read this part with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's read that last part one more time. On earth as it is in heaven. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As I shared in the previous uh, messages, out of all the things that Jesus could have told us to pray, this is the first thing he tells us to pray. Not healing, not feed the homeless, not take care of those that are, that, that are uh, broken, or even the delivering of children or whatever. The first thing God tells us to do is pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why is that important? Because if the kingdom of heaven comes to earth, then all those other things are solved. Say it again, Pastor. If you take care of your kingdom come, your will be done. All those other issues will rectify themselves. All those other things will be taken care of. Now, the idea of... Heaven on earth sounds foreign to some of us. It sounds like a fairy tale, but it's not a fairy tale. It's a promise. Say it again, Pastor, because it's not about a fairy tale. The idea of some utopia here on earth called heaven, we all look forward to dying and going to heaven, not experiencing heaven on earth. But Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because it must be possible for that to happen. Let's take take the the character of who Jesus is. Has Jesus ever sinned? Has Jesus ever lied? So would Jesus have you pray something that's impossible to attain? We got to get that in our mind first before we pray the prayer. So when he says, your kingdom come, your will be done, this is an invitation that we are inviting heaven's reality to become our reality. 
And so I want you to recognize that when we, we started the series, we, I went back and took you to Genesis 1.28, and I gave you the reason that God created mankind. That if you're looking for your purpose, this is your purpose. This is why you were created. Number one, to be fruitful. Everyone say fruitful. That word fruitful literally means this, that you are not created just to consume. You've been created to contribute as well. Anything in creation that just takes but doesn't give back will die. And so God created us to give back. You have been created to be fruitful. Everyone say fruitful. You are not here just to gain things, to, to take from someone. You have a responsibility to give back. Secondly, we are created to multiply. And that word multiply doesn't just mean reprocreation. It also means to excel, that we have a responsibility that every one of you in here, you should be the best worker at your job. You should be the one that is pursuing excellence. You should be the one climbing higher, that when there's a problem to be solved at work, you're the one that they call because they know that you have the ability to take care of the issue. You shouldn't be the one that shows up late, that's never prepared, that when you get there, you take a long lunch, you leave early, that your, your, your things are already packed before the 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock comes around. You have to be that one. Why? Because the only way that we can transform the earth is through influence. And you only gain influence on earth by being excellent at what you do. Think about it. You got some people that you know that are good people. Excuse the terminology, but they suck at work. Now, you love hanging out with them. But if you're trying to get something done, are you going to call them? The word says to multiply. That word multiply literally means to grow, to excel. You should be growing every day. Third thing he created us for is to fill and transform. He tells us to fill, fill the earth. And that word fill literally means to transform environments. That you were created to transform environments. Have you ever seen that one person that's always happy? Wherever they go, they're happy. And it doesn't matter. You could have just gone through the roughest day, but the moment they come into your presence, it's like things shift. That your tears dry up, they bring joy to your life, and all of a sudden, you are all down in the dumps, and that person shows up, and you feel great. And then likewise, you could have had a great day, you got a raise, you're making it think that you bought a house, things are great, found out you're having a baby, and then that one person shows up that just has that black cloud over them all the time. And the moment they walk in, you just feel depressed. Oh, man, we're having a baby. Oh, man, dude, you're having a baby. Oh, man, you're going to have to take care of that baby forever. You're going to have to find, you're going to have the diapers, the formula. The, all of a sudden, something happy becomes, they, they just have a way of stealing joy out of everything. It's because they carry an environment in them. And every one of us has been created to fill. And we are filling the earth with something positive or negative. Every one of us carries an environment with us. And we're going to reproduce that environment wherever we go. That's why it was important to God when he created mankind. The Bible says he blessed them. Everyone say blessed. He blessed us because God wanted us to reproduce blessing, not curse. See, God had a plan here. Then he says to subdue. Everyone say subdue. That word subdue means to take territory through influence. 
And so we, we're only as good as our influence. And in this world, in this society, you only gain influence by being good at what you do. Amen? So God, th- this was God's plan. I'm laying foundation here, so stay with me. God's plan was to create the world, plant a garden, place Adam and Eve in that garden. And notice he didn't develop the whole earth. He just developed the garden. Planted a garden, placed Adam and Eve there. And the idea was them to reproduce and then teach their kids and have their kids move out from the garden and create another garden by taking the seeds and the environment of Eve of Eden and planting it elsewhere. And then their kids go out and do the same thing, and it began to multiply. That was God's plan. A man created in God's image to begin to take over the world by reproducing the atmosphere of, of Eden all over the world, throughout the world. But Adam failed. We talked about that. Adam failed to tend and to keep. Last Sunday, I talked to you about how he failed to tend and to keep. Every one of us has a responsibility. Our garden is our heart. Our garden is our marriage. Our garden is our job. Our garden is our school. And you have a responsibility to tend and to keep that thing. You see, Adam, the original sin didn't happen when Adam ate from the fruit. In my belief, what I believe is the original sin happened when Adam let the serpent into the garden. Let me tell you, listen to me. Sin doesn't happen when you fall with that woman at work or that man at work. It happens when you start taking compliments from them. Say it again, Pastor. It's the things that you let into your garden that will determine whether that garden will grow or whether that garden will have the presence of God or whether you're going to get kicked out. Adam was given the responsibility to tend and to keep the garden, but he didn't watch the garden like he was supposed to. you got to watch what things you're allowing into your heart, what things you're allowing into your family, what things you're allowing into your community. we got to keep an eye on those things, and that's where Adam blew it. Now, Adam blows it, and what's he do? For those of you that were here last week, what do they do? Once God, once they find out that they're naked, what do they do? They hide, right? And then they cover themselves with what? You know, Bill and I were talking about this. He goes, man, Pastor Dad, because Bill, Bill's, man, he, he's, in, he's into agriculture and plants and all this stuff. He goes, man, Pastor, I got to tell you, out of all the leaves to use, fig leaf wouldn't have been my, my, my choice. He goes, have you ever seen a fig leaf? Said, Not really. He goes, look, they're fuzzy. They got a bunch of little things sticking out of them. It's like, ooh, yeah. I probably wouldn't have. And, and yet, Adam and Eve hide, and they cover themselves with creation. They use creation to cover themselves from their nakedness. We, we do the same thing today. It's just called alcohol, drugs, money, sex, relationships, possessions. We take things that are created to try to cover our nakedness. Oh, come on, somebody got to hear me this morning. They hid in the very thing God created. They hid out, and God knew where they were. And God calls them out, and what does God do for them? He covered them. I need you to understand this. I need you to grab a hold of this. Is that God loves you so much and he loved Adam and Eve so much that he didn't get mad at them. He didn't yell at them. He didn't kick them. He didn't just beat them down. What he does is he covers them. 
He takes the fig leaves away from them and gives them animal skins to cover them. I'm here to tell you that no matter how many times you failed, how many times you blew it, how many times you messed up, God loves you so much that he will cover you each and every time. Stop hiding out from God when you blow it. That's what we do. We, 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 you know, when I see someone that hasn't come to church in a while, you know, walking at the mall or they're, they're, they're at the grocery store or something, first thing people, oh, pastor, I've been going through a lot of stuff. becomes confession, you know. <laughs> I'm about to, you know, you sit on that side of the aisle, I'll sit on this side. You just talk to me through the cereal boxes or something. <laughs> they go right into confession, man. And just like, listen, dude, I'm just here to get cereal, bro. Just chill. <laughs> Not looking for confessional time, but and all the time it's because I did something. I'm going through a battle, and it's just uh, and as a result, instead of running to God, they run away from God. And see, this is why Jesus came. God always wanted a man created in His image to take over the world and reproduce the glory of God throughout the world, and He did that through Jesus Christ. Now, now f- following me on this, Jesus wasn't an act of desperation. It wasn't like, oh, shoot, Adam and Eve fell. We, we got to do something quick. Heaven, we got a meeting, everyone in the boardroom. Let's figure out how we're going to solve this issue. That's not how it happened. Look at Revelation 13.8. Revelation 13.8 says, before the foundations of the earth. Come on. Before the foundations of the earth, Christ died. God, God, before we were even created, God knew we were going to fall. And God said this, if I create them, am I going to have to send my son? He's going to have to die. So should we create them because they're going to mess up? God says, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Why? Because I love them enough even before they're created. That's how much God loves you. Now, I'm taking you somewhere, so stay with me. All of this was for one purpose, to restore relationship with God. God wants a relationship. He's not looking into religion with you. God never created a religion. God's not about religion. In fact, if you go back to the book of Genesis, you don't see a church. You don't see a choir, worship team. You didn't see offering buckets. Some of you are like, yeah, that's why I don't give. <laughs> that's the reason. But, but the reality is this, is that in the, let's get back to the original purpose. What was it? It was God walking with man. Relationship. That's all it was. And that's God's purpose for you still. He just wants a relationship with you. Do you realize God just wants to be with you? More than you want to be with him, he wants to be with you. God loves you. And I I want you to recognize God's already... God has already made provision for our failures. I want you to see something here, okay? Forgiveness restores relationship. How many of you have ever, you know, at the end of service, you always wonder why I have people raise their hands to uh, accept Christ or to say, say a prayer to receive Christ, ask forgiveness? How many of you have ever wondered, man, why do you guys do that? You can raise your hands if you're, if you're really wondering. Amen. There's a few, few of you. Okay. I, I sat at a, a meeting recently with, uh, at Juan, Juan Jaime's group, and they, they had all these insurance dudes come up, and they started talking all these different products and things. And as they were talking about these products, dude, they were clapping. People were like, yeah. And I'm like, what's that mean? And then they would talk about, and then you're, you don't have to do this anymore. You're, you're going to be able to, and people are clapping. I'm looking at my wife. I said, man, it's like they're talking a different language. 
because I, I didn't understand. And I wondered at that moment, I told my wife, I said, I wonder if people that come to church feel the same way. That we are talking in a language they don't understand when it comes to God. We're talking terminologies that they're not familiar with. And, and so I need you to understand the reason why we have people raise their hand is because it's all about forgiveness. Forgiveness, confessions opens up the door to forgiveness and forgiveness restores relationship with God. If I had keys to a Mercedes here and said, listen, I'm going to give you this car, and you, you, would, you, you would want it, but you'd have to come up to get the keys to get it. And that's what salvation's all about. God has a gift for you, but you have to take it. You have to receive it. You can't just say, oh, man, that's great. Man, God is so good. That, that, is, that is awesome. And then get mad that you can't drive it because you didn't come get the keys. All you have to do is just receive it. You see, it's bigger than just being forgiven. It's about restoration. Everyone say restoration. It's all about restoring our relationship with God. And I'm going to close in a moment, but I'm going to close with this truth here as we bring this to a close. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. In the Lord's Prayer, as we bring this together, I want to take you to the next thing I want to share with you now. Look at this. How many have ever prayed this? Come on. It, you, you, we, we've said it at, you know, at funerals, at church, things like that. And, and, and some of you say this when you're, you're at the club and you see that certain person. Oh, Lord. Don't lead me into temptation. You know? That was some of y'all last night. Is that you, Sister Sandra? No. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> Check this out. It says, and lead us not into temptation... But deliver us from, from, now some versions say the evil, from evil, others say evil one. And so what ends up happening, many of us attribute evil one to a person. And who is that person? The devil, the devil, okay, Satan. We, 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 we focus in on the devil, but it refers to the evil one. And when you take a look at what the evil one means in the Greek, you go back to the original Greek. The original Greek tells us this. That word evil, uh, ponos, is, it comes from two other uh, root words. And those two other root words, they, they literally mean this. Now, I, I want, I'm just laying foundation for you. So you got two words. You got ponos and penos. Now, the word says deliver us from, deliver us from, and what it's saying is deliver us from ponos and deliver us from penos. And what that means... Ponos is poverty or pain, which is sickness. And penos is poor or poverty. Most of you think that evil is the kukui. Uh, that's, I don't even know what that is to be. I just remember there was dark places. It's uh, some kind of dark place in my mind. Don't go in there. The kukui's in there. It's a Spanish thing, okay? Right? Is that a, uh, is that a Spanish? So, so, so my, mom, my mom and dad, yeah, be careful. Don't go in there. It's dark. So that, that was who we... When we think of evil, that's what we think of. We think of... But that's not what evil is. I need you to grab a hold of this this morning because this is going to set some of you free. That you need to understand that poverty and sickness has never been God's will for your life. Say it again, Pastor. You, you need to grab a hold of this. I'm not preaching a prosperity doctrine. 
What I'm trying to get across to you is that the word literally says, if you break down the word, the word says that pain or sickness, he said, deliver us from sickness, deliver us from poverty. That that's what God's will is for your life. And yet many of us have settled in that there comes to points in our life where we think, well, especially when we read the story of Job. And we think, well, Job went through some suffering. So if Job went through some suffering, maybe God's using the sickness to develop my character. Or being poor, it it, it helps me, you know, it just just makes me closer to God because I got to rely on God more. Deliver us from evil. For those of you, how many have ever heard the the story of the talents? Where you get a a ruler that that gives money to one servant, another amount of money to another servant, and then one to another. And the the, the amounts are phenomenal in, in, in the amounts of money. We're talking in the thousands of dollars that he gives. And to one, he gives like 10,000. To another, he gives an, a, a, another amount. And then the other one, the one. And he gives it based, based on their abilities as he's watched them work. And he gives one a bunch, another half, and then one. He only gives one because he's seen his abilities. Don't complain when you lack. Because what you have sometimes has been given by as a steward of God because God doesn't trust you with much. So you take care of the one. Man, I want a house. Bro, you don't even vacuum your apartment. Man, I want a king bed. You don't even make your twin bed, your futon. In fact, when, when, the, when the master comes back and he, the, the one that had 10 gives 20, the one that had 5 made 10, they doubled it. But when he comes to the one with 1, he goes, Here, here's your 1. He goes, I buried it because I knew that you were going to want more and I didn't want to take a chance at losing this. He didn't just call him bad. He called him evil. He says, you evil servant. He says, You got a poverty mentality. I don't want that in my kingdom. Listen to me very carefully. I've been been in church pretty much all my life. And I've seen how we've taken sickness at times and say, well, especially when we go pray for someone that's sick. Well, God, if it's your will to heal them, would you heal them? What do you mean if? I don't find one place in the word of God where Jesus told, check this out. This this messes me up because I'm just being honest with you. I've gone to pray for a lot of people at the hospital and they died. I'm just being straight, okay? There 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 was a series there where it was like everyone I was praying for was passing away. And they call, and Angela's like, so-and-so called, wants you to go pray for him. I said, no, they don't. <laughs> they do not want me to pray for him. I'm telling you, my batting average isn't very good right now. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just being, I'm just being honest with you right now. And it got to the point where you start thinking, well, maybe, maybe, 
maybe God is using this. You know, healing is, is sometimes when that person goes to heaven. But Jesus says in the word, he goes, heal the sick. Not pray for the sick. Heal the sick. Like, dang. He's not, he's not giving us pray for the sick, heal the sick, raise the dead. Jesus lived radically. There's not one person Jesus touched that wasn't healed. There's not one person, that Je- not one funeral Jesus went to that he didn't mess up. Every funeral he went to, he raised the dead person. Even his own. So what am I telling you this morning? I need you to get, in, get, in, get this into your head, get this into your mind, and understand that poverty is not God's will for you. God has a better plan for your life. That word evil, now check this out, evil literally means to cause great trouble from sickness or to keep one struggling for daily survival. Check this out as we close. I want you to understand that if you're struggling financially, are you going to be in any position to help anyone else out financially? So when you're, we talk about, let's go feed the homeless, you're like, should feed the homeless? Somebody need to feed me. <laughs> right? Right? You're not concerned about helping anyone else when you're struggling to get by. If you find yourself, you know, believing for healing for someone else's marriage, someone else's body, someone else's situation, you, you're not concerned about helping anyone else when you're struggling just to get by yourself. That's what's evil. Because evil will steal your ability to make a difference in the world. It'll make you focus in only on yourself. And poverty and sickness will rip you off from God's plan for your life. I love what Bill Johnson said, and this just this blew me away. He had a lady come up that was asking for prayer. And as they were getting ready to pray for her, she says, you know, I've come to the point, I've had so many people pray for me, I've come to the point where I begin to think that this is what God, God gave me this to test my character. And he said something that blew me away. He says that if I was a father and I gave a sickness to my children in order to teach them character lessons, I would be arrested for child abuse. Come on, think about it. And yet we think God will give us a sickness in order to test our character. Everything you go through has to be filtered through the goodness of God. Come on, think, folks, I'm not saying we never get sick. I'm not saying that we never go through those struggles. We do. But when we face those situations, we got to recognize it's not if God wills, it is God's will. God's plan, God's design, God's promise is always healing. God's promise has always been restoration. That's what he died on the cross for. By your stripes, you're healed. All these promises God gave to us, you got to go back to the nature of God. And I want you this week that whatever you go through, I want you to filter it through a good father filter. That whatever you're facing, would a good father allow me to go through this? Would a good father give me this? Would a good father allow me to face this situation? 
Too many times we settle for things in our marriage, in our relationships with our kids, in our bodies, our minds, and we think, oh, we're just going through this situation right now. you got to recognize Jesus has already provided everything you need for breakthrough. First John 3, 8. For this purpose, everyone say purpose. This is why Jesus came, to destroy the works of the devil. Destroy sickness. It's an attack of the enemy. Listen, Job is the, Job is the question. He's not the answer. If you look in the New Testament, everyone Jesus came in contact with, he, he brought his world with him. And I want to encourage you that when, when, when sickness attacks your body, that's evil trying to make its way in. And we're going to, we believe. Now, does that mean everyone we pray for gets healed? Maybe not right now, but we're going to continue to do our best to declare the word of God over our situations until our, our experiences match the word of God instead of changing the word of God to match our experiences. It happens so many times. I know when my daughter died of leukemia. I know I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to explain it away. It doesn't change the fact God is still good. It doesn't change the fact that God is still on the throne. It doesn't change the fact that God is still a healer. All it's done for me is make heaven a more real place for me. And I can't wait to see my princess. But as long as we're on this earth, we have a responsibility to release the atmosphere in us to become the atmosphere around us. How do you do that? How do you shift atmospheres? The atmosphere that God wanted was always, remember, he took Adam, he formed him in the dust of the ground, and then what did he do? He breathed into him. Every one of you in this place right now, you are created. You're created, designed, fashioned, purposed to carry. <laughs> to carry the breath of God. It's what you were created for. You were created to carry the breath of God. That's what you were designed for. That's why God created you. Not bitterness, not hate, not emptiness. You get to carry the breath of God. How do you get there again? Forgiveness. So, let's get restored this morning. Restoration. I taught this on Wednesday night. Restoration means to be returned to its original condition or position. Mankind, this is what we were created to be. Adam sinned, and we fell from that place. Is that restoration? It's picked up. It's not on the ground anymore. But is that restoration? No, it's not. Why? 
because it hasn't been returned to its original position. Every one of you in here, listen closely as we close. You're like, Pastor, that's like the eighth closing. <laughs> Ministers are allowed those, okay? I need you to understand that many of us have, we look at the progress we've come, look at how far I've come. I used to be on the floor, now look, now look at where I'm, but you're not where you're supposed to be. You might be better than you were, but you're not where you're supposed to be. And that's where God wants to get you back to your original condition, your original purpose, your original design. Not just better, restored. Not just better, restored. Not just better, restored. That everything the enemy has stolen from you, everything that evil has taken from you, God wants to give back to you. Your mind, your marriage, your relationship, your finances, your health, your wealth, your family. God wants to restore these things to you. If you would just let them stand to your feet with me this morning. Okay. We're going to pray for baby girl this morning, too, okay? So um, we're just going to believe. She was telling me it's going to take about five months until all the swelling goes down in her neck and for her to walk. And just seeing her walk yesterday on, on it was just amazing. But you know what? We're going to pray that those five months becomes five weeks, five days, five minutes, five <laughs> expediting healing on her body. The supernatural should be natural to us. Because you're a supernatural being. You're made of body, soul, and spirit. Part of you, one-third of you, is supernatural. Yeah, you're out of this world. Amen. Don't trip. But I want you right now, you're here, and you're just, we would recognize, Pastor Dan, I just want to restore my relationship with God. I know about religion. I'm not talking about religion. Didn't ask what church you grew up in. Listen, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Okay, let's get that straight. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like going into your garage make you a car. Going to McDonald's make you a hamburger. Going to a donut shop make you a cop. I knew you'd like that one. Sorry, Damon. My bad, bro. Bills. Bills, okay. But God wants to restore his breath in you. Because dominion is what you were created for. To make a change. To make things happen. That's why it's in you. But poverty isn't being without money. You could be rich and still be in poverty. Because poverty isn't lack of money. It's fear of being without and it's that fear of being without that can put you in a situation where you're hamstrung. Always concerned about making that next buck. True freedom is found in a relationship with Christ. Because when I have Christ, I might lose everything. But if I have him, I get everything. Because he created everything. 
And I can lose it, but if I have him, I can get it all back again. Amen? All right. So you're here and you just say right now, heads bowed, eyes closed, all right? Private time between you and God. You're here and you just simply say, Pastor Dan, listen, you know what? I I just want to commit my life to God. I want to be restored this morning. I I know I've come a long way, but I want to be at the place that God wants me to be. If that's you, just lift your hand in the air quickly. Yes, yes, yes. Hands going up all over. God bless you. 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 Secondly, you can put your hands down. You're here right now and maybe there's sickness in your body. Or maybe you're struggling financially. There's a poverty that that is attacking you right now. There's a sickness or there's a poverty spirit. Evil is trying to make its way in. And you're here right now and you believe that it's God's will for you not only to be blessed, but to be healed as well. And you're here this morning. You recognize you want healing to be manifested in your body. If that's you, lift your hand as well. Yes, yes, yes. Hands going up all over. Come into agreement with you right now. We come into agreement. Now, this is going to be the most important thing. As the worship team begins to sing, we're going to open up what we call the altars. And the altars is a place where we come and you have someone come into agreement with you. It's a place where you have someone stand with you, pray with you. Now, it's not going to be weird. No one's going to weird you out. They're just going to pray with you, okay? No one's going to get weird on you. All they're going to do is just pray with you. They're going to agree with you. They're just going to stand there, and they're going to come into agreement and, to, and, and come into agreement with the will of God over your life. And the will of God over your life is healing. The will of God over your life is breakthrough. The will of God over your life is salvation. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.